Welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast, Episode 43, IGPX is back, bitches. Featuring Jason DeMarco. Good dude. But he wrote in the script that Team Velstein loses. And I, Cunningham, will never forgive him for that. The Toonami Faithful Podcast starts now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Gometto, and with me tonight is... Paul Pascrillo, the founder of TsunamiFaithful.com. And? Yeah, Samurai Derail Medics. And? Your esteemed announcer, Jim Nelson, who will likely hack his way halfway through this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. God damn, he coughed up a lung. So, um, this this podcast is in, uh, is in memorandum of Jim. It's a memorandum <laughs> of Jim. Just pronounced. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what English is? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long day so you can keep going um just not, not that that uh volume you can keep going and oh, please remember to review and rate the podcast on itunes and podomatic like and follow us on facebook and t- twitter and tumblr uh our facebook page is tsunami faithful podcast our twitter account is at tsunami podcast and our tumblr is tsunami faithful official.tumblr.com uh, Nerdcore Absolution, the Continuum, is out in stores right now, and by in stores we mean Bandcamp. And uh, Paul's going to talk about that because I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Um, it's actually on our Geeky page, which is geek dash geek dash See, not the only one messing up. He's fucked up. Fucked up bad. No, let me have this one. I was really geek dash e dot com. <laughs> I was really hoping we'd have a bleep-free episode, oh, not on, just Jose, to make up for last go... week's. Come on, Jose, I want to go for the record. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> man, man, last bro- week, you guys broke me. Like, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I broke. <laughs> but I, I thought sure I said I that, thought at the end the that all the time. No, I think that time, like, I don't know what happened. Uh, like, you and Steve just bitching at each other. Just, I just, I broke. He broke me. I was like, I was gone. <laughs> Couldn't take it. Oh, uh, that's funny. There was a but certain anyway, rhythm to it, though. I kind of liked it. I know. You could kind of make a, probably make a remix out of that. And uh, if you want to win a cool prize of my choosing, if you come up with a remix of last week's episode, uh, like a techno remix with all the bleeps in place, I will, I'll, I'll send you something. I don't know what. Twitter followers, go! <laughs> get the rail to buy you a DVD, possibly. He'll send you a pen. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you the One Piece pen. Oh, it's God. a pen. A goddamn anyway, pen. Oh, man. This is a pen. <laughs> I like it going by pen anywhere. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, you might make that into a contest of some kind. But if I, only people enter, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something cool. All right. Well, let me let me uh, talk about Nerdcore Absolution real quick. Um, you can find the CD along with the originals, Nerdcore, Nerdcore Absolution, and the remix um, with uh, Steve Bloom on it. You can go to geek-eproductions.bandcamp.com and get your copy today. Nerdcore Absolution: The Continuum is free. The other CD is obviously not, but we lowered the price to $5, so if you haven't got it, this is your opportunity to get it for a cheaper price. So there we go. So I can buy with food stamps now? Mm, are we really going to go back to that? Really? Okay. <laughs> There's no conversion system here. I'm sorry. 
Damn. <laughs> Anyways, I wonder why you can't talk to Jason. Oh. I'm kidding. I love you, Daryl. Don't hate me. Um, <laughs> Speaking of breaking, <laughs> you know what? We're gonna talk about this after the podcast. I know, okay? We are. We are. <laughs> We're gonna have an intervention. Um, yeah, one day Trader Vicks. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So we have good a times winner. that people don't know. Remember, okay? <laughs> or we're never so, told about because that's completely and totally classified. Yes. Shh. <laughs> Anyways, so um, we have a winner for the Tsunami Faithful podcast shirt that was signed by the Tsunami Six and Steve Bloom. That would be Colt Burr. We announced and, that last week, and he has it. And he and does he have it. it. Yes, and he, he, he was he a good it. person. He framed it. He took our advice. Exactly, so I don't have to come up there and kick his ass now. <laughs> and um, if you guys want a shirt that's not signed, but as beautiful as the logo is on the shirt, yes, you can is. go to um, tsunamifaithful.bandcamp.com. The shirt's available there. You can purchase the shirt. It's available in medium, large, and extra large, and all the money goes towards us and funding our stuff. Like, <clears throat> get Jose a new computer. Um which, by the way, um, I will be I will be editing this in a brand new program. So yay! And it was made possible through you guys not sending me anything because I haven't gotten any money. <laughs> I actually just bought it all on my own, and um, it was expensive. And he's, and he's a big gonna, boy now. <clears throat> he's probably gonna f it up a couple times. So no, no, I probably won't do that. Um, I mean, for those of you that have maybe missed it, I I I have Pro Tools now. So hopefully the podcast will sound a little better. I did not record this in Pro Tools. It's different, but I will be editing it in Pro Tools. So hopefully uh, I'll get efficient enough that this thing will come out quicker. It'll sound much better. Um, and for those that don't know, Pro Tools is it's an audio program. It is probably the best audio post-production program in the world. It's um, pro level, guys. Yes, this they is, use it to record all your favorite animes and music and movies and TV shows. And pornos <laughs> and, and hentai. And pornos. Probably, yes. <laughs> and it's All not right, cheap. Let's get into the news before we go too far. <laughs> so buy a shirt, damn it. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. Each ago, the episode brief being a huge dick, performed at 1,131,000. Naruto did 1,080,000. Soul Eater did 965,000. Thundercats did uh, 747,000. Symbionic Titan did 660,000. Ureka 7 did 574,000. Tenshimuyo GXP 588,000. Uh, Brotherhood did... 571,000, Bebop 547,000, Bebop 537,000, Inuyasha 537,000. So, no drop. No drop. I don't know if we've ever seen that before. Like, literally, no <laughs> drop. No no rise, no drop, just that. Saves and drop, huh? <laughs> and then Inuyasha uh, finished out the night at 531,000. Those are your ratings for April 13th, 2013. And they're not that bad this week. They're pretty good. No, yeah, it's, it's just that I. Oh. Sorry, Paul. Um, I'm just thinking that, you know, IGPX and um, One Piece can't come soon enough because I think the reruns of Titan and Thundercats are really starting to hurt the block now. Well, we, we also have to take into consideration that um, 
we're coming up on finals. So, yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, they are going to drop. I mean, no matter what you have there, they're going to drop slightly. But I do think oh, yeah. that with One Piece coming and uh, IGBX, they will go up. Um, but <laughs> they better go up when IGBX comes. <laughs> A couple people on the website because. I know. I actually went on the website for once. Um, w- wait, did I just see this? <laughs> oh, Motherfucker, God. I know you just didn't stop in the middle of the yeah, No, no, I, I don't, I, I'm just amazed by this comment. But anyways. Rule 34. Um, what's rule 34? No. No, Jim. No. <laughs> I will not say it. I refuse to. All right. Well, a lot of people are bitching that the ratings are actually A, lower than last week, and B, are worse than last week, and C, I don't understand where they're trying to go with it. But I had to pretty much tell everybody that they were actually better than last week because nothing dropped behind, below 500,000 viewers. And we actually had some consistency. I believe it was around, let me check one more time. Yeah, around, starting with Eureka 7. Eureka. In there, it pretty much stabilized and didn't really move, even though around Tenchi it went back up, which I don't understand, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it, it was an awesome good. show, guys. Tenchi's going to be the best show of ever. It's epic, man. It is amazing. Oh, my God. This is definitely not sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, in all so seriousness, obvious. I found a bunch of people who actually liked GXP last night and called it the best show on the block. I was just saying, I refuse to believe it so much that uh, I just said, come on, guys, you got a troll bait better than that. They're, they're just a colony of, like, Tenchi Muyo GXP fans. <laughs> just like, this show doesn't suck. Yeah, uh, you just keep telling yourself that. And then we're all just like, <laughs> okay. That's I'm why there's 588,000 of you. That's why, Jose refuses, that's why Jose refuses to uh, review anything that says Tenchi on it. That's the reason why he passed it off to Darrell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big reason why I'm passing it off to Darrell. So, I love you, Jose. So the ratings were not bad, and for those of you that are bitching, just quiet yourselves because I don't know where you're coming from. And remember, we're, get, we're getting we're getting closer to the end of um, the semester for colleges, so you guys need to understand that they will go down. NGXP. Everything trended except for uh, Bleach, which was because of some basketball game. I can't remember what it was. Actually, I thought thought there was a UFC fight on, but apparently there wasn't. I'm confused. There was UFC on Fox, but uh, there was the NBA playoffs. Uh, Screw basketball. Screw you. (laughs) Go Heat. They're playing right now, and they're whipping ass, and I'm pretty sure they've won by now. Basketball sucks. <laughs> Bring on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, they've been only playing for hockey except Canadians and assholes. Oh, congratulations, an Jose! You're an asshole. Why? I don't give a shit about hockey. <laughs> congratulations, Jose! You just got hate mail. <laughs> congratulations, Jose! I just derailed the podcast. I was trying to rerail. <laughs> Damn so, it, so tsunami trended worldwide. Thank God, because it didn't for the other reason. For some odd, for some odd reason, it didn't. Um trend last week which was weird but it did trend this week everything's fine um inuyasha didn't trend and neither did bleach and neither did expand tsunami which you guys need to start trending if you want it to be if you want 11 o'clock hour so get online earlier you got to start doing it because really 
I mean, it won't happen otherwise. It really I, won't. I have to say this, Jim. Now that you've now after last week's podcast, when you said that, I've been thinking about that. I'm like, fuck. What are where are they going to put some some of this new shit that maybe we want to see on there? You know what I mean? It's like uh, exactly. We don't want to turn yeah. this into Shonen Jump block. We want to turn this in because I mean, basically, that's all people will be awake for is you know the big four of DBZ, Naruto, One Piece, and Soul Eater. Maybe not even Soul Eater. So, you know, you you gotta you guys gotta tweet. I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. do you want me to? Do you want me to? <coughs> sorry, do you want me? Do you want me? Like, do you want me to, to live? cough into the microphone? I was gonna say I coughed away from the mic. <laughs> I know, <It> still hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know, but well, my mic's in the proper position now. So, but even still, um, do you guys want to? You know, have good shows in addition to the yeah shows. <laughs> the hell? Stomach was growling. I have no idea what that was. What? What? Oh. I didn't even hear anything. Yeah, I heard it. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, I mean, Jim, I, Jim kind of opened up a Pandora's box, so to speak, because, well, now once One Piece comes on, there's going to kind of be this set shows for a long time that you just can't throw something in there that's brand new or like an original that hasn't been on anything. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we can get an 11 o'clock hour, because Toonami's really going to need it at this point. And yeah, to with be all fair, this... this is a good problem to have. Oh, oh no, it's, it's a great problem. problem to have. It's a great problem to have, but it's just like, if they get something like Toriko, for example, um, which no. may or may not happen, but I, I'm, I... Just, I'm just saying, I'm using that as an example. <laughs> um, you can't put it anywhere. You're not going to move One Piece, you're not going to move Naruto, and you're not going to move Bleach, so where do you put it? I want to kick Naruto in the butt and off the block, but that's just me. <laughs> no! No! No, I mean, this isn't even new. We've we've known about this. I mean, before One Piece was announced, we've, you know, uh, people have expressed concern, but I'm just like, you know what? Put the shows on, we'll worry about it later. Uh, and I'm sure the guys at, you know, William Street are thinking about that, and you know, and they'll—they know what they're doing. They'll figure it out. I hope they always so. Always <laughs> do right, Boz, y'all. They do right now. They've been doing right for a good little while now. And uh, okay, so back to the IGPX promo. Oh no, wait—we forgot Exc- Excalibur <laughs> trended. Yeah. Excalibur. Oh, yeah. In worldwide. Yes. I, yes. Trended worldwide. That was, that was hilarious. That would have been so awesome if Fools trended too. <laughs> Well, see what Damity's the best character on the show already. He's funny. Yeah, but the thing is, is does that equate into maybe Soul Eater finally getting a million, and me stop hearing people bitching about that it hasn't gotten a million? It has gotten a million. A couple has, of times. It did like for the first what three, four episodes. Yeah, it did it for like the first I think two episodes, and but it's been doing nine hundred thousand, which is fine. I mean, even hey, Thundercats only scored a million four times apparently. Yeah, and the thing is, you know. Um, shows after Bleach tend to not get millions and stuff like that. Soul Eater's been, you know, pulling, you know, millions high nines more than yeah. pretty much any other um, any other post-Bleach uh, series. Like, not even Dead Man Wonderland did this good. Not even Thundercats did this good. Or the so. guy who killed Luna. <laughs> Kesha. Who? I yeah. forgot that show existed. 
<laughs> I honestly forgot about that show. <laughs> I can't forget it because, well, I have it on Blu-ray at home. So <laughs> I used to own it. What happened to it? I don't know what I did with it. I it it might still be in my old apartment. I may have left it, it behind. It oh, threatened God. to kill you. It threatened to kill you, and then said, "If you ever face forget the face of death again, I'll be back." For the so. record, I don't hate that show. I just it, it's <laughs> meh. <laughs> oh God! Let's move on to the next subject. <laughs> so there was an IGPX promo. We're gonna keep talking. Oh about no! This. <laughs> no, we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about the fact that there's a, a but picture. Did, out. But nobody else said anything. It was just me. <laughs> I know, and that's all. Well, we need I to said say. something. I said I was excited for IGPX because I missed it the first time around. I wonder who yeah. cut the promo. I wonder if it was Sarah or Johnny. I should have asked. Oh well. <laughs> well, you'll ask next time, won't you? I'll just call Jason right now and be like, hey, wait, who edited that? Was that Johnny? Anyways, let's talk about the picture of the new Absolution that's out now. It's a GIF, actually. Um, what do you guys think of the new Absolution? It looks like a fighter plane. It looks like half the size of a football field, which is what Jason told us. And it doesn't look like what was at MoboCon. No. no. Well, no, that was, was concept art, so. Yeah. Well, that it was, was concept art, but it looks nothing like what they had up either, so. I don't know. We didn't. We didn't even have that good of a shot of it, honestly. I, I've looked at it a couple times, like the picture, even though it's not the greatest picture. But it's. I mean, this is something completely different. So maybe they had a different design that was given to them, and they went, decided to go with this one instead. Well, they designed it. Maybe I'm kind of. So. I'm kind of actually glad that they did because the last one kind of looked like a uh, certain absolution on a certain site that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, site that shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about TsunamiFaithful.com either. <laughs> just in case. Just in case somebody goes, TsunamiFaithful.com. No. Anyways. So, I think it looks cool. I, I can't wait for Tom no, 5. I, I actually, normally, I, I can't really wait for IGPX. That's really what I'm looking forward to this yeah. week. Oh, 27 Let's shots, Jose. It. We going toe to toe, brother. Oh, yep. God. So, anyway. Um, I, I don't know. It, I don't know what to say about this new Absolution. I mean, it's not bad. It's just that it's like, I don't know, maybe I miss the sense of scale. You know, maybe I'm well, maybe it's lost on me at this point. Because, I mean, uh, Tom can't, you know, if it keeps on getting smaller, it's eventually going to get to the size of a TIE fighter. Tom can't broadcast from a TIE fighter. <laughs> yeah, he can. He's Tom. He'll do can. it. He'll figure it out. Um, well, we're actually going to be talking about this next week because I, I want to get everybody's opinion after we see the new Tom and the new Absolution on TV. Because, see, that's the problem right now. People can bitch about, oh, well, Tom 5 looks like crap, or the Absolution looks like crap. You saw a picture that's not on TV. Um, Tom looks at Tom 5 on that one picture we did get, though. He looks a little weird. You know, maybe is it just me, or is it just like, does he look like crappier? <laughs> I wouldn't judge him until he's in motion, because he's supposed to yeah. look rustic. So who Good point. Yeah, uh, it's sometimes these stills they just don't look good because they're not done. Yeah, a lot right. of the time, like they. See, haven't, that's what I thought. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't really. Um, I don't think the spit and shine polish uh, has been put in yet, so I wouldn't judge it harshly yet. Yeah. Same thing with the absolution. That's that's why I'm waiting to see what it looks like on TV before I sit there and I go, okay, they're probably this is what I think. Yeah, they're probably rendering it to tape now. Probably, probably, probably. Well, not now because it's a Sunday, but. Yeah. No, probably well, no. 
Well, needless to say, <laughs> they're probably the, taking a couple of hours to do it. Yeah, <laughs> they probably well, have the computers running all weekend long <coughs> doing it. Well, needless to say, um, I want it lost in the whole thing of farewell, Tom. Three point five is farewell to the two thousand four tsunami look as well. Once again, because um, it's, uh, I think the bumps will look different when doesn't oh, everything, and everything's gone. Well, you know what? Speaking of the IGPX promo, yes, I'm actually saying this. <laughs> the one thing that the one thing that I found really weird, and I thought they would do. I mean, I understand why they didn't because they don't want to reveal, you know, that stuff yet. But the one thing that I found really weird was that they didn't actually use the new logo in this promo because obviously it's going to debut yeah. uh, the new tsunami with Tom Five and the new Absolution. So mm-hmm. it, I find that I found that a little weird that they didn't kind of give us a preview of that but at the same time i understand why by the way i'm not looking forward to that logo uh because it's going to be really hard to replicate in after effects Mm. um well i mean we're we're maybe that's the point i I like our logo so we're not gonna because i I kind of our both of our logos for the podcast and the tsunami faithful.com that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about like redoing them so i can like use them in uh in promos and stuff like that oh okay okay. yeah that that's going to prove to be difficult because like because like the one that's on the air now that's not that hard to do like that no everybody does that everybody can use that one right now Uh, that one's easy it's it's the it's when you start using cg and it's like oh crap well also they they may have not changed anything either we don't know we don't know we know they've changed i mean come on you were well i mean i mean obviously they had to change those but i mean who knows what the budget that they have? I I don't know. Well, we we'll know see it all. They, they told us, so we do know. Well, we have. They didn't say that the bumps were changed, though. Yeah, they did. Did they say the bumps were changed at the at the, at the panel? That. Yes. Because I heard, I knew it's a new logo. I didn't know if they changed the actual bumps. You know what I mean by by the bumps, right? Yeah, everything's changing. It's all new stuff. All right. And they must have said that to you and not me, then. No, they said that to an. <laughs> crowd of people Paul as went listen he probably went to fucking sleep yes. <laughs> um this part is um i guess this part is something that we have to mention and we're just going to mention it and not really go into any depth or talk about it kind of not news um, but it is news so. anime news network basically reported that um nicktoons took down dragon ball z and dragon ball gt um that's all we know and before anybody sends us 50 questions, no, I don't have any information. If you want to know information, I would suggest that you talk to Anime's, Anime News Network. And they see probably don't they know. Say. They probably don't know either. But, I mean, they're the ones that reported it. We're just reporting what they said because, you know, it has been on the block before. So, um, just in case anybody wants to ask, like, 50 questions. That's all we have to say about that. Um... So yeah, it's time for the Jason Marco interview. Woo. Let's get into it. Can I get on it? No. No. And we're back here again with us for the second time on the show, but the third time overall we've interviewed him. Yep. Uh, and uh, please introduce yourself, sir. This is Jason DeMarco. And we honestly did not expect to have you back on the show so soon after Momocon. We were honestly not going to 
you know, bug you. But then, then a couple of days later, IGPX was announced, and I sent you an email, like, I think that night, and I was like, okay, this is a big deal. Can you please come on the show to talk about this? <laughs> and um, and here you are. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Yeah, my, my pleasure. So, again, we're, we're basically just going to talk IGPX. Uh, starting with six months ago on this very show, you revealed that IGPX was written off. Um, mm-hmm. And that you cannot air it legally on the network again. What was the process to reverse that? And what, what exactly, what rights did you pick up? We actually, it's pretty complicated, and I can only talk about some parts of it. I can't actually get into a lot of detail because I don't think that uh, the network really would appreciate me revealing inner business practices, that kind of thing. But right. yeah, generally speaking, oh no, I won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please uh, don't. <laughs> gen- generally speaking, um, IGPX was created in a way that was really, really, really unusual. It basically grew out of a close partnership with our friends at Bandai and then they brought in, you know, they introduced us to our friends at Production IG and through several different, uh, you know, years worth of meetings and business dealings and personal friendships that arose up between myself and Sean Akins and uh, Ishikawa, who runs Production IG, who started Production IG, as well as Oshi-san, as well as, you know, different Kenny Adomi and, and our friends at Bandai, those conversations led to the idea of us doing a, a co-production. Um, but because it was an international co-production, it wasn't just Cartoon Network and Bandai, for example. It was Cartoon Network, Bandai, Production IG, Sunrise. You know, there are several different rights holders. So the company that produced production, that produced IGPX is actually... It's called the uh, IGPX Production Committee, but it was like all of our companies. So because it wasn't simply uh, us creating the show, we don't act, we didn't wholly own it, you know, completely outright. So it turns out that for various other things, tax reasons I don't understand, um, you can, if we didn't own the rights, they, you know, the rights reverted to them. So they basically are allowing us to show it. Um, so because it's been such a long time, you know, six years in terms of, in terms of television is forever. Um, and because we still had those good relationships with them, we were able to sort of work work out a way to get it back on the air that also involved a bunch of legal gobbledygook that I don't understand. Um, so it's sort of because the way IGPX was created was so unique and had so many partners, that's the thing that allowed it to come back where normally, you know, in the case of like Megas, um, you wouldn't be able to bring it back. At least not in that, you know, not the show that aired, not in the current form as, as I understand it. But i got to be honest, people ask me about what does written off mean, and I mean, quite honestly, even I barely understand it, and I work in television. It's not something that's often done, and I certainly don't have any clue as to how that really, really works. Um, But luckily, I bothered enough people, 
and annoyed enough people and made enough phone calls over months and months and months and never gave up and managed to uh, convince people that we could do this. Um, so here we are. All right. I'm sure, I'm sure Production IG is happy that the show's getting a second shot. I'm sure. Have, have you spoken to Hongo and told them the good news? or they, uh, they told him. I haven't spoken to him, but I know that he's been told and he's happy. Um, you know, everybody that worked on it <clears throat> put their hearts into it and they're happy that it's not, you know, that it hasn't gone away. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, they have, people have asked, them about it. I mean, Maki has related to me that people have asked her about it and written her emails. And yeah, she's probably tired. You know, of me. <laughs> over yeah, well, <laughs> over the years, you know, you're not the only the only people. I mean, there was even some. I can't remember. There was a can't remember the title of it, but there was a comic book that came out that basically completely sort of rejiggered the story from another company. But it was it's like IGX basically. <laughs> And it's called something else. Uh, and we were passing those around for a while, laughing about that. I mean, so we all feel pretty much equally happy that it's back. Although, of course, um, Hongo and I are probably happier than most. <laughs> now, um, what uh, what exactly the rights did you pick up? I'm guessing just broadcast, but did you pick up streaming rights as well or anything else? Uh, as far as I know, it's just broadcast. Um, streaming rights are a whole nother issue and IGPX was created right before that was a really common thing. It was like, I mean, you know, you had reactor and Jetstream and stuff like that, but it was still, I would say those were on the outer edges of that kind of thing being just the norm. Um, and I, I'm not sure, but I think that at the time it was like hard enough to get a deal done between all of these different companies that would work for each person's territory. I mean, we also, they sold IGPX DVDs in France. Um, so there's a whole, you know, there's that part of it too. So I think at the time it was just easier to not worry about, you know, streaming. Um, although I might be wrong, I'm, I'm, but the deal we have right now is just to show it on television. So as far as people asking, if they'll be able to get it on iTunes or DVDs or any of that, uh, to my knowledge, no, they won't be able to. Or, you know, at some point they might be able to, but that part is out of Cartoon Network's um, hands. So we're just showing it on TV. We're happy to get the chance to do that. And um, we're sticking with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now uh, I guess we're going to get into show proper now. Uh Production IG, as you've told us before, was your first choice, and excellent first choice. Uh, if they were unavailable, which other animation studio would you have liked to have maybe talked to? I mean, you know, we at that. I mean, this was a, this was, I guess, the show premiered what six years ago, seven years ago. So that means that we started working on it eight or nine years ago. So the hot studios then are sort of different from the hot studios now. You know, I mean, we liked Madhouse at the time. Um, and we ended up, you know, I mean, honestly, some of the studios like B-Train and Zbeck, they ended up working on the show anyway, because the way many anime productions go is that smaller studios will often be subcontracted out by larger studios to meet their production order, because 
sometimes the main studio then has another job that they get pulled on. And so, you know, certain episodes are animated, certain parts of certain episodes are animated by different studios that's not uncommon. Like Studio um, Ghibli, which animated on IGPS. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, that's just the norm there. It's like, hey, you, you guys, bounce, you, you're slow for a week? Well, great. We have this one episode. We need these five scenes. They're kind of killing us, and they're the kind of work that you guys do really well. Like, if it's, you guys do human movement really well, then, you know, they go to people that do that. Or, hey, you guys do CG really well. You guys do backgrounds really well. Like, each, you know, everyone has something there, you know, there's a signature. Um, and it, at the time, I don't really know what it's like as much now, but at the time, it was a small community of, you know, several studios that were all somewhat, you know, they're all competitive, but they were also all friendly. And they just sort of, you know, tried to help each other out. <clears throat> um, to my so, knowledge, it's pretty we, much the same way. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's just sort of the culture of, of, of how they work there. Um, but I, so, I mean, it's a tricky question because we really didn't have a, you know, it literally would not have happened if not for our friendships. So we would never have even thought of, approaching another studio because it was just like they were already the people that we you know were close with and whose work we admired and respected and you know it's like if you were already friends with a bunch of people at pixar and then an opportunity came to make a show you wouldn't even think about anybody but pixar you know what i mean because <laughs> not only are they the greatest in the world you also have a great relationship with them so it's just a total no-brainer um so yeah, um, there really wasn't even any thought in our head of another studio, and even the ones we did like, we ended up using on IGPX and certain scenes anyway. <laughs> Luckily. Now, um, were there any story ideas that you had? I remember one in the commentary, but maybe there was uh, another story idea that you maybe had that didn't make it into the twenty-six episodes that you wish you could do now if you had another chance. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I. I, you know, you guys sent those questions, and I was trying to think about that. And, I mean, really, we got most of them in. And, in fact, we had to, you know, Hongo actually had more ideas for unusual things happening than than we did. And then certain things like, um, you know, originally there wasn't going to, like, Hongo didn't really want white snow at all. Like originally season two was just going to be more of Velstein and Team Satomi and it was Sean and I who were like, no, 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 no. We need a new, you know, we need a new villain. We still, of course, would have Team Velstein, but we need to, we wanted to complicate things and have some good old fashioned, you know, cheaters, like some real villains. Because obviously one thing that pretty much every anime does really well, a lot of them anyway, is they, they have one of the reasons, you know, we like Japanese cartoons is because frequently their shadings of their characters are deeper than you know, the more simplistic, you know, good guy, bad guy um, dichotomy. So, like, you know, they... And, and that can become a problem if you want a show that's clean with the storytelling because, you know, you don't... You want everybody to have a motivation, including your. You want complex 
quote-unquote bad guys, but at the same time, you get into a zone where the moral relativism makes it hard for you to just be like, okay, that's a guy I can hate. Because sometimes it's fun to watch a show and have a you know character that you just hate and despise. Like, there's a value to that, just like there's a value to having a character that you um, aspire to be like or that you want to root for. So that was very much us bringing our American sort of storytelling sensibility because Hongo was more interested in telling the story of like Sledge Mama or Team Belstein. And, you know, Sledge Mama starts the series as quote unquote bad guys. But then as you go on, you realize that they all have their own reality and their own pressures that they're dealing with and that they're not actually bad guys. And then even River, who is a, you know, a very annoying character, I think, uh, you realize isn't a bad person. He's just frustrated, and you know he's just not as as much of a mess as talk as Takashi is in his personal life. River is actually just even more of a mess, and a, and but a talented kid who's not a bad person. So we wanted, you know, a real bad guy, um, and White Snow was Hongo's answer to that. Um, so stuff like that, you know. I mean, we didn't. We didn't, um, I didn't have a lot of story ideas that didn't happen. I, I was the person who pushed very hard to have uh, the Rocket end up on the team for a while. And, you know, spoiler alert to the people who haven't seen it, but, um, you know, when the Rocket actually does race for a while, that was very much my idea and something I felt very strongly about. Um, so luckily, because of our collaboration, I got to, I won't say I got to do everything I wanted because it was a collaboration and a lot of things Congo felt strongly about. You know, we we didn't argue, but we certainly had plenty of back and forth. And um, there are some things in the show that he felt very strongly about that I don't necessarily love. And I'm sure that there's plenty of things that we felt very strongly about that he doesn't love. But we all kind of agreed that nine times out of ten, the compromise we came to felt good to us as opposed to creatively, you know, bankrupt because we had made too many compromises. Like it felt like we would butt heads sometimes, but it would help us get to a place that was a good middle ground that worked for both of us usually. Um, which is, you know, a pretty hard to do when you don't even share a language or a culture and you're talking, you know, sometimes thousands of miles apart from each other trying to work on a, a project that you both feel passionately about. I mean, it's, it's no easy thing. Um, but it was, you know, it was such a thrill to do that, you know, I never felt like it was hard work ever. Um, that's actually kind of interesting. Cause I remember there was a, um, and maybe this was a fleeting thought from the commentary. Uh, cause I watched that so many times. Um, but <laughs> the, um, uh, you guys, I think, had a story idea, and I think it might have evolved into another episode where uh, Takashi and Liz both got agents. I think that ended up evolving into. Oh another, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something. That was something that. Um, yeah, that was one. I mean, basically, the idea was that Takashi would get an agent, and then you know, when his head started getting big because he started winning a bunch of matches, he'd be in high demand, and. You know, Liz would get an agent because she's, you know, pissed off that Takashi has an agent, and then they would start talking to their agents, and 
you know, it was sort of going to be a play on, you know, Hollywood stardom kind of thing. And I don't remember why, but I think, I actually think Sean sh- uh, shut that one down. I think he just thought that was too, you know, ultimately we were making the show for, you know, kids, even though we knew that we were making it for teenagers as well. Um, and I think he just thought that's too much into, you know, that that's too, that's just, doesn't have at its core enough of an action premise that's like just too political and too that's that's just not what he wanted um and i saw his point i mean i i thought i think it would have been interesting to explore sports the idea of sports agents and money and how that takes things over but as sean pointed out we kind of explore it in other ways throughout the show you know of in episode three where um you know um they run out of funding or that might even be episode two. And that's a whole big plot line for like most of the season and Mark's rich family. I mean, there's a whole, so we certainly deal with that. And then we have the thing where Liz is doing modeling gigs and stuff. Right. To that, that's where I think a lot to, of those ideas went. Yeah. To earn money to send back to the orphanage. So like, you know, we ultimately dealt with those issues. We just dealt with them with less of an A plot and more of like B and C plots. Um, because, you know, they're probably not that in, not interesting enough to be an A-plot, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I would say that's one of the few, but even then we ended up, you know, over 26 episodes, I, you know, gee, I know why uh, it takes a million years for someone to move their toe in a Dragon Ball or Bleach episode, because it's hard to just pack half an hour of plot lines and everything and make 26 episodes. And I, I mean, I don't even know how they do it with the show, like one piece where it's just going and going and going. It's, it's so hard to keep, you know, like creatively, it's just, it's, it's hard. You just keep wanting to throw more in because you, you just have more to fill, you know? <laughs> well, you you know, especially in, especially in Japan where they don't have season breaks where they got to keep going every week. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's honestly a miracle when shows are creatively vital after so long um, with that kind of grind. That's you know that's kind of how American television used to be in the fifties. It's just hard, it burns people out. Now I feel that IGPX wrapped up nicely enough, but just open enough that a third season wouldn't feel like a weird or unwelcome addition. But it. it if a third season were to ever happen, what are some things that you think you, you'd like to see in it? Oh, well, I mean, you know, yeah, I think it did end up in a place where it felt like a good ending, but it was open-ended enough that you could keep going. That was kind of the idea. Um, you know, I think uh, Johnny Dipkin would end up being, uh, he would certainly end up being a focal point. Um, he'd probably, I would want to come back to him when he's a little older. Um, I always felt like they made him just a little young for to throw into a giant machine going 300 miles an hour. But I mean, Amy's pretty young too, so maybe not. Who knows? But I was always like, he's a little young, but all right. You know, like it was just it's kind of hard to you know age and cultural differences across different countries. You know, all the all all production ideas were like, no, he's not too young. Whatever, who cares? There's safety. There's they're fine. I'm Nobody's like, died. Literally. <laughs> so, like we literally show these guys get hurt all the time, but okay, cool. Um, so 
so it would definitely have him and I would I would definitely um you know, I had an idea that uh they build a new a new track uh in a different in a different city, um or that some sort of big upheaval upheaval happens to the city that that exists, um, or to the league itself, you know, I mean, there's any number of things, if you, if you do it like a sports league, then there's stuff like, you know, if you imagine that this league is like the NFL before it split into, into two leagues, you know, like you could have, we never talked about it in the show, but you could have the idea that there's, you know, other races going on in other cities or a different type of racing, and they somehow combine the two leagues and have to deal with new equipment, new machines, new rules, you know, you could completely revamp everything, which is what I think you would have to do to make it interesting. You know, it was hard enough by the end of 26 episodes to not have every episode be like, oh, it's a photo finish, you know, because how many times can you do it? Do that? I mean, we tried every single way we could go get around that, but even ultimately a lot of the time that's still what it comes down to, and that's why when I, I watched Friday Night Lights, and I'm a big fan of that show, but I totally feel their pain because, you know, I would read reviews of Friday Night Lights, and it would remind me of IGPX because people would be like, I mean, whatever. It's always like, oh, we almost lost, but we won. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you, you know, you can't have a, a show about a team and have them lose all the time because that's just a, you know, that's like kicking their nuts to your audience. Like, nobody wants to watch people losing week after week. Um, at the same time, you have to make people feel that there's some danger and that there's a chance they'll lose. So it's just it's a very delicate balance with a sports show, and I honestly think that's one reason why there aren't more successful sports shows, particularly in the U.S., because it's just hard to make that feel organic and dramatic every week. Um, so, you know, I, I think if we were to do a season three, you would have to work very hard to throw new wrenches into the works. I mean, you know, I definitely would also want to have, if Takashi and Liz were in the show, I would definitely want to have them be on different teams. I would definitely want something to happen where they have to be on different teams. And even if they're still dating, um, then you can have some, you can introduce some more stress into their relationship. You can introduce some more conflict dynamics um, because obviously all drama is built around conflict. And at the end of season two, they basically they didn't resolve their conflict. They certainly just are beginning to understand that they liked each other, but or at least Takashi was. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I mean, certainly they could have had a very rocky road. But you know, you get the idea that they just turned a corner. So you you would want to introduce something. Um, uh, and then, you know, I would want to find ways to keep the rocket involved because he's my favorite character, Una unashamedly, not 100% my favorite character, um, and I would want him back in some way. Certainly the most quotable. <laughs> he's the best. Yes. I, I love Andre. He's just amazing. Yeah. I love that character. Actually, actually I had a question real quick. Um, sure. If there was a third season, um, would you, because it's on Adult Swim would you have to make it more of an adult feel or would you continue with how it is right now? I think it feels good how it is. I mean, you know, we might allow people to swear once, you know, like we did in season two. The reason 
people always ask, like, why why is the language changed in season two? It's like, well, they told us we were going to be on at midnight, so we, we knew that, okay, well, there's no reason to worry about people saying bitch or whatever. But at the <laughs> same time, you know, it's the same... It's the same as we have with Tsunami and Tom. I mean, we we just don't feel like being on Adult Swim means we have to make everything bloody and make everything, you know, people swearing. And, like, we don't believe, and I never have believed, and none of us at Tsunami or Adult Swim, Lazo, none of us believe that um, adult equals more boobs, violence, and, you know, swearing that, to me, that does not mean adult. Adult, to me, means complex characters, interesting stories, um, you know, and things that, a world that take themselves seriously, or jokes that take themselves as seriously as a joke can and really commit to the joke, whatever it is. So we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't change the tone very much. We might push it a little bit in that direction just because it's fun to hear a character when they're mad at someone really, you know, tear them a new one. But for the most part, that world doesn't need more violence or nudity for it to be, you know, as solid as it as it is already. Okay. Um, now, uh, Luna, uh, Luna. Wow, I fail already. Luca. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong cat. Wrong cat. Luna's a different cat. Luca was our wow. uh, cybernetic cat of the show. But there yeah. was uh, never any mention about cybernetic humans. Do they exist in this world, or was that something that you felt didn't belong here, maybe too science fiction-y? Well, we, we thought about introducing, you know, we thought about the idea, and I mean, honestly, Max from White Snow is the closest we've come to that. Um, we thought that what where this world was, that animals are being experimented on and in getting cybernetic enhancements because they still haven't quite figured out how to get the human ones right or that people are resistant or that there are laws, you know, that, that they, they're still, we're like halfway through the technology's life cycle so that there was more work to be done. So I would say it's the kind of thing where if there was a season three, you might see someone who's got mild cybernetic implants of some kind that give them an unfair advantage that has to be overcome, you know, but it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be completely gifted because that's like a technological leap that we just felt like hadn't happened yet. So right now it's just dogs like Sola and cats like Luca um, that because they're animals and they don't have the same rights as humans, they can be enhanced and it's sort of more of a normal thing. Although it, our idea was that it's certainly, it's only these animals that are involved in these multi-million dollar, you know, things would ever be enhanced. It might not your average dog or cat, just, just these dogs and cats, you know, or other dogs and cats that might be doing things in some way related to, companies running and not wanting to use humans or trying to experiment in better ways to push things. We just like the idea that the technology of the racing was um, not only improving the robots, but improving pilots and then improving co-pilots even to the point of trying crazy stuff like having animals that talked. Uh, we just like that idea. 
Um, now, what was the production schedule like while working on the show? How difficult was it to work on IGPX while holding down all your Cartoon Network duties in the States? <laughs> it was kind of like working on Toonami for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, it was a seven-day-a-week job, and it was like... Um, pretty much constant contact with Maki, who was sort of the main fulcrum between us and um, production IG. You know, Bandai looked at all the cuts and, and everything, but they basically stayed out of the creative process. It was pretty much just us and production IG. So we flew down there for about a week or two at a time, about five or six times over the course of, um, I would say, two years from beginning to end. Um, we once once the shows were in script phase, we were constantly looking at different, you know, translations of scripts. And sometimes we had to find new translators because sometimes the English was so clunky that I couldn't even I, I couldn't tell what was bad writing and what was bad translation. You know, so right. and then there was there was a weekly call with Hongo and his team where we would get on the phone at like 7 a.m. their time and 7 p.m. my time or, you know, sometimes it'd be 10 p.m. my time and it'd be 9 a.m. their time. Um, and we'd just talk for an hour or two about different plot points and then we would go there and discuss things and have story meetings. And then, you know, there were constant, there was just, just a constant stream of designs and sketches that were, that was the most delightful part of the job, this amazing art just showing up in my email every day and just being like, and this is production ID, it's like, here's what we're thinking for the mech. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, then. Like, you know, we had very few, we have very few notes about anything like that. Our notes were more on the character side, you know. They had they would have sometimes a character design that we would disagree on, or you know even all the logos, all the logos that they we we designed a lot of those logos because they knew they wanted to have like NASCAR and Formula One type logos on everything, but and and we and we told them they can't be real companies, and so they they would send us a bunch of logos and then about half of them we would redo because we were just more picky about type and logos and stuff. So it was just conversations like that, um, and then looking at looking at cuts was um, you know time consuming because we'd watch them in Japanese first, um, and then and then we would you know when we eventually got to the point where we were ready to to do our English casting and everything that was a whole process of you know, literally hiring casting director, sitting down, thinking about names of what actors we wanted to approach because we knew we wanted to try to get some American name actors because we wanted to try to give it a little bit of profile beyond just production IG, which, you know, certainly meant something to us, but we knew that the average television viewer might not know who they were. Um, and then, you know, working with Bang Zoom on the translation of the scripts into colloquial English that worked and then further into working for Litzlap that already existed and then working with them with the actors. Um, Sean and I were in LA for three weeks for the first, um, all of the actors reading basically most of season one. And then for season two, I came back for about a week, um, you know, and just guided the process we did a lot of writing in the room when the actors would come. You know, some of the actors like Michelle Rodriguez or 
uh, Lance Henriksen, they had never done anime, so they had never done, um, they had, some of them may have done animation, but they did it American I mean, animation, which meant they just went in a room and read their lines and left, and then they animated to their words. They had not done dubbing, which is much a much different skill and much more difficult um, because you have to hit exact timings of lip flap. So not only do you have the challenge of an actor, which is reading the words and making them sound believable, you have to then make the, you know you have to work it out so that your words are happening in the same number of syllables as the lip flaps, and that is just a huge thing and a lot of these guys had never done that before so it took quite a bit of coaching for some of them to get them to where they could hit the timings um and and it was well worth it because some of these people are actors for a living you know in film and stuff and they just brought a whole nother level of acting ability that i think was uncommon um you know for this type of project and they so I was with them through that, helped, you know, did some of the voice directing uh, along with Eric Sherman, who was the main, you know, he did he did 90% of it. I was just in the room and checking takes with them, and he would ask me, you know, what I thought and ask Sean what he thought. And, and then we were writing on the fly, you know, when we would write some turn of phrase that fit with a number of syllables, but it wasn't, it just didn't sound good or it just didn't sound like something a person would say. And we would have to like rewrite it over and over to try to get it into a colloquial, casual sounding English. It's just I have you know after doing it, I have a great respect for. I mean, I went through it on Big O as well, but I just wasn't as intimately involved. And I have great respect for people that do that, which is one reason that I feel strongly when people denigrate uh, dubs. It's one of the reasons I think I get annoyed by that because. You know, there are certain terrible, atrocious dubs, and there's no, you know, I'm certainly not defending that, but there are good dubs, and the dubs that are good, if anyone knew how much sweat, blood, and labor goes into making those good while still retaining the feel of the source material, I don't think many people would complain as much, because it's just, you know, it's um, very hard. Um, something I learned while I was there. So then after that, <laughs> just giving you the whole shebang. So then after that, uh, we still weren't done because then we got the rough mixes of the episodes, which um, in Japan, they mix these episodes much faster than the American process. They also record them much faster because they usually have all the actors in the room, so they literally will do a whole series in a week because everyone is in the room acting together. Um, and it certainly is a better organic experience for the actors, but it also has the benefit of just being faster. We couldn't do that because we were working with pre-existing material. Um, so, you know, for us, <laughs> we had to, but when they, so when they got into the mixing, they actually mixed much faster. And, um, you know, we were, we felt like the mix needed more than they gave it. And we had more time than they did because we have our own audio guy who just, you know, he's there 24 seven for us to use. So Brent, um, basically Brent and I went through the episodes and literally sat there and just beefed up all the sound effects wherever we, you know, wherever we could, because I wanted it to sound like I was, you know, what I told him was I wanted to sound as good as any 
action movie that you watch, you know, and it was a ton of work. Um, and then after all of that, we also went through with Sarah and Sean and I and went through the episodes and made some, I would say, very minor edits, mostly driven by Sean because he felt like there were some slow parts and some dead parts and some weird reactions and some just things that he felt like were a product of just cultural differences and he just didn't, you know, he felt more strongly about it. I didn't disagree, but I, I don't know that I would have made the same edits. Um, and we, we did that, and then I felt very strongly about rescoring the whole show almost. So Sarah, um, current Tsunami editor Sarah, Sarah and I would go through every episode and find music cues that we thought fit, and that process took, I mean, it probably took a week per episode. Um, and then got it mixed for 5.1, um, and then went back to L.A. to approve the 5.1 mixes um, so that before the DVDs came out, they were right. Um, so, yeah, all in all, it was a, a lot. Probably beginning to end, it was three years from talking about it to mastering the DVDs and having the DVD in my hand of the finished product. Uh, that also doesn't include all the stuff we did with Bandai on the IGPX game, uh, where we, we, you know, we worked on the writing of that and a lot of the, you know, we approved, they mostly did all of it. We just approved everything and were involved in sort of the early phases. So there you go. There's a big, long answer for you. Sorry. Big, long <laughs> answer that encompassed a lot of the questions. You I read was going to say, it's you read ahead, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so automatically I can skip, uh, the next question I have and just go to, um, number 10. Well, actually, um, I, I actually kind of want to get your opinion on, uh, on a couple of these. So, sure. um, now I understand IG had to put it, I, I, I understand IG had to put the show on television much quicker, uh, than you guys. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, I guess it, was there no possible way they could have waited to to get your sound mix? Because I heard that they did like your sound mix, and that's basically the one that's on the uncut version of the first episode. Yeah, I mean, I think they liked our mixes, but you know, not enough to to screw up. And the way television deals work in Japan is they have a slot that is pre-bought. You know, they pay right. for a window on the network. They the the production company, in this case, of Bandai or Sunrise, I don't know who, but they pay for. We will have a show. It will start at this date. It will end at this date, and they pay for that window to be held. So either they got to show that show, or they got to show another show, or they got to show something. Um, and they, you know, it was sort of like asking them to not do their business model. You know, we didn't anticipate we'd remix the episodes, and they didn't anticipate we would either. And luckily, they weren't offended. We were worried they'd be offended, but they weren't at all. But that doesn't change the fact that it doesn't really work for their timeline, which isn't you know anything to do with production IG. That's entirely to do with the way that business works. Um, so that's kind of why uh, we, you know, we never approached it. And I've always said, and of course, people have wanted to argue with me about it, but I don't care. They didn't make the show, and I did. So I've always said that there's no definitive version of IGPX. They are equal, you know, they hold equal creative weight. If you like the um, Japanese mix, 
the different music and the different cuts and the eye catches and the open and close, that's, you know, that is perfectly within anyone's right. And I would never tell them that my version is better. But if I'm asked which version I prefer, I certainly prefer our version. <laughs> and like, that's why we put our version on TV. Um, and we probably would never put their version on TV if we had our version. But um, that doesn't mean I think their version is not as good. It's just different. You know, I mean, we always felt like the true beauty of the show is that it it was truly from the bottom up a co-production between two countries, two cultures, two companies in a way that has not been done before and not really been done since too much. Um, and that includes all the way down to different mixes and and that kind of thing. I just feel like we didn't expect them to take our changes. We didn't ever expect them to, and we, and we felt they were under no obligation to do so, just like we felt no compunction and no, no problem with saying, we're going to shorten this scene, we're going to take it, we're going to change the open, we're going to take out the eye catches, we're going to change that music because we wanted it to work for us um, and feel good about it and feel like a tsunami show. Um, and, you know, so for better or worse, we got what we wanted. And, you know, whether you like it or don't like it, it's definitely on our shoulders. Um, but I think that if you're making something and you're involved in a creative endeavor, you should believe in it as much as you can, if, if you can. And that way, even if people don't like it, at least you know you're happy with it. And whether they like it or not, you, you know, you held yourself to your own inner standards and we did that and production IG did that and I don't think either one of us felt like we lost anything by there being two versions um, three if you include the French version but I can't claim to have listened to that mix for more than five minutes <laughs> um, now speaking of the mixes uh, still IGBX uh, has one of the best 5.1 mixes in anime I've heard to this day there's very few others I would put on the same list uh, probably the Ghost in the Shell movies and Skycrawlers, which was mixed in at Lucasfilm. Um, yeah. So why do you think so many anime series and movies just don't pay attention to audio as much? Uh, you know? Well, um, I'll tell you, I think it's that, uh, quite honestly, dubbing is not, I mean, you know, they do not give people making dubs time or money, uh, period. And, I mean, fundamentally the budget spent on dubbing is incredibly low for any anime. It's the last expense down the line, and most of the time they're spending that money not knowing how the show is going to be received in the U.S. unless it's a long-running show. Um, so they're certainly not going to spend lots of money hiring name actors and spending lots of time mixing. I mean, fundamentally, it just takes time. And usually you only have the kind of money to spend on that amount of time in the studio if you're making a movie or if you, uh, like us, we had an audio guy who does nothing but do, but work for us all day long. So poor Brent, we could just say, nope, not good enough to make him work on it again. Whereas if you're in a studio paying by the hour, you can't afford to be that picky. You have to just sort of pick and choose your battles and move on and just get the best mix you can in that short amount of time. So I just think that's why that happens. Uh, and as far as anime in general, you know, Japanese mixes, they just, they approach everything in a totally different way. 
different things are important to them than are important to U.S. audiences and um, in terms of everything, in terms of, you know, certain ways of, you know, certain language, certain music. It's just different, totally. It's a different culture entirely. So I'm never surprised that um, they don't necessarily conform to our cultural standards of what is a quote-unquote good mix. It sounds totally different to different people. Um, it shoot, it sounds different to, you know, Gil and I argue about mixes on promos. I mean, what sounds like crap to me sounds great to him and vice versa. So it's like, if you think about the fact that two people who've worked together for almost 20 years on the same projects could differ that much, then imagine the differences between two entire industries and cultures. Um, you know, so I think those are the reasons why dubbing is not as, um, robust you know, mixes aren't as robust as the mixes we brought to IGPX. And I'm flattered that you would say that, and I'm, I'm glad because it means that all of our blood, sweat, and tears paid off to some degree. <laughs> um, but very few people had the luxury we had. Um, and I, I just want to say real quick about IGPX's uncut 5.1 mix. I still think that's a good mix. Um, you yeah. know, and it sounds it sounds totally fine. I think you guys had a strong base to build off of, and I would commend I, a production IG as one of the better anime studios. They, I think, they pay attention to audio mixes more. Um, yeah. But but when you get but when even they go to like American Shores when they want a better 5.1 mix, like they do that all the time with Oshi stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they go to Skywalker. They go to Skywalker often. So yeah, I mean they definitely. You know, I mean, the whole industry would go to Skywalker if you if we could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, back to the back to the interview. And enough about audio, I guess. <laughs> um, I can talk audio all day. Oh, uh, we I can too, but there's there's <laughs> a lot of other questions. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's, please let's continue. I know I'm giving you long-winded answers, so. Now, um, brand new school. I, I think I remember correctly. Brand new school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a CG studio out in LA. Uh, was responsible yeah. for the bumpers we see during the show on the Toonami version. Now, at the time, I believe you guys had an in-house CG department. Uh, why outsource it? Uh, well, they were working on Maguzi, and they were working on Toonami proper, and we frankly didn't want to burden them with, hey, here's a whole new set of models. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of work getting the models from Japan. You know, they used completely different software. I mean, it was a pretty insanely uh, huge undertaking. And Brand New School at the time, we had used a bunch already and we were sort of friends with and they just sort of jumped at the opportunity to do it. Um, To be quite honest, that was Sean um, Aikens. That was all his doing. He directed all that animation because he felt very strongly he wanted it to be CG. I actually still, I didn't really care. I thought that the eye catches were fine. I thought they were sort of low low budget looking, but they were, you know, they were cute. And I was like, who cares? It's an eye catch. Like, who cares about that? You know, my, I just didn't, that's something that is an aspect of TV watching that I don't care that much about the, the, you know, that little like eye catch. I just was like, whatever, you know I mean? If it can't be as cool as Outlaw Stars, then I don't want it anyway. Um, <laughs> and Sean felt very strongly. He wanted it to feel slick and like, you know, big budget. And so he, approach Brandon school and have them do that. And I mean, I think it, it looks great. I mean, I'm really happy that, that we, that he did that. Um, but yeah, the reason was that they were already busy doing 
you know, their day-to-day jobs, and they just couldn't take that on and get the, you know, working with models from another country. Um, so, yeah, that's why we use Brandy School. Um, now, the music of the show, again, we're back on audio already, but the music of the show is a, dif- uh, is a defining element. Now, what should new fans know about the soundtrack if they're used to, you know, typical anime soundtracks? Because it, it is very different. Um, yeah, they should know they're not going to get their typical screaming guitars and guys going, yeah, because uh, we <laughs> do not want to do that. We we wanted our show to feel different um, and to feel American and to feel like Toonami. And we had, I had a very good friendship with Ninja Tune, um, the Ninja Tune label, and we were using their music on the air already. So, uh, you know, at a certain point, I just thought, you know, we knew, we weren't sure what we were going to do until we heard IG's mix, and we knew that they were getting some classical kind of music, and the idea of classical music seemed a little weird to us, um, but we thought, well, you never know, I mean, at least it's different, at least it's not like, you know, fundamentally, nothing against guitars, but fundamentally, we wanted to not have lots of screaming guitars. We just didn't want to do that. We thought every American kids action show had that. Like, you know, if you go back to even our youth, like my youth, if you look at old Transformers or GI Joe, like it's always some wow wow like guitar, and it just I was so beyond tired of that um, in in shows, in action shows, in action movies. They're just sick of it. So. Um, but we didn't want to go the other direction and have hip hop because you know pre, um, you know pre people actually being able to rap about nerdy stuff well, which certainly was not back then as much. Uh, yeah, just the like idea of having yeah <laughs> the idea of a rapper doing like an IGPX rap was just I was like no way you know I mean that was certainly before this, what than this era where guys can do that and do it well, uh, obviously. Mm. But at the time, it was like still sort of not something people did, and certainly if they did, they didn't do it well. Um, so we, you know, at a certain point, I don't remember when, but we, I was like, why aren't, you know, we have Ammon Tobin. Well, why wouldn't we just try to use Ammon Tobin music in here? That's more cinematic than most movie soundtracks. Um, so I called my friends at Institute and just worked out a deal with them to license all this music for the show. Um, and then, and then, you know, after that, it was like once or twice, we'd be like, well, hell we own these tracks. They were, that are in Toonami. I mean, we, we have the rights to like Tommy Guerrero and all these other music. So let's just throw everything we have at it and use absolutely the best music we can possibly put together with the budget we have. And by that time, the music budget was very small because we didn't budget for it. We didn't know we were going to do that. Um, so luckily, Ninja Tune were super cool and allowed us to um, to do it. And, you know, we talked about putting out a soundtrack with them, but it just financially it wasn't feasible for them um, to do. Um, so we didn't, unfortunately. But I, I, I wanted to do a soundtrack. Um, but you can... You know, luckily, you can put together your own IGPX soundtrack because all this, almost all the music is commercially available. So, um, if anybody's interested in the music, we put the songs in every episode at the end in the credits. Um, there's also several websites that break out the music from the show, and you could just literally go to the links and buy the music if you're interested. Um, I, I think I the music. 
it's I great. almost feel I almost feel like somebody's gonna come to your Tumblr and be like, "So when are you guys gonna put the CD up?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I you know I would, but it's not you know that's not ours to do, and we don't use Ninja Tune music on the air anymore. Um, but you know that license has expired, and we chose to move on after working with them for like ten years. We just felt like. You know, it, at a certain point, it was time to try new things, um, even though we still love those guys and respect them. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the story of the music. Um, quick question about the music. It's coming back for this version of the show. Uh, I know you guys don't have the license anymore, but IGPX is coming back intact with that music, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, to put everyone's mind at ease. Yeah, no, the deals we made for the show originally, we you know, as long as the show's on there, it'll it'll have that music. Cool. But Jose, I mean we could we could always put a certain song in there if we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would what? just put more Amontov and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yeah, I have my own little IGBS well, I mean, that... playlist. I'm like, this was on the show. All right, cool. But That's I was actually... yeah, that was a that was a struggle for us to not put too much Amontobin in there. We didn't want to overdo it, you know, to be clearly was one of the people that we wanted to use the most, but we didn't want to sort of have it be the M and Tobin music hour, you know? <laughs> right, and, you know, there's DJ Food and Bonaboo and all yeah. those great artists from Ninja Tune. Uh, yep. You know, Toonami introduced me to Ninja Tune, but, I, I, you know, I've been following Ninja Tune since then. Like, I, and when I heard IGPX was going to be using all that music, I'm like, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. it was really cool to hear it actually incorporated into a soundtrack. Because I don't, I don't cool. think that had been done before. No, I mean, you know, like, again, the thing with most anime companies is usually they will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pay someone to do a signature song, which is usually the open or the close, and then in between that, it's pretty rare that they'll spend any real money to do any from the scoring of the actual episode, because they, people just don't care that much. Right. Um, Unless you can get Yoko Kano, nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, you know, just in general, I certainly think uh, obviously anime is a cultural force there. So you can you can put out an anime soundtrack and it can become a hit record. Record, but that's increasingly rare, and it's usually just the singles that you know. And that I mean, the, even IGPX did it with um, uh, Grand Rodeo and Go for It, the IGPX theme that they that they had production IG commissioned. Which I mean, I that have. was the whole idea. Yeah, it was released as a single. I think it did okay, actually, when it came out. I um, hope so, I bought it. You can find it out in the world. In my uh, in my house, I really do have it. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am not surprised. Yeah. yeah, I won't say I'm a big fan of that particular jam, but it wasn't what I it wasn't what I pictured. It was sort of the opposite of what I would want. But again, it's not just my IGPX. It's Hongo-san's IGPX and Correction IG's IGPX, and that's what they wanted, and that's totally cool. Uh, yeah, and they also did uh, Exile, I think, did the ending theme. I don't remember it. Uh, yep. That yep. that one wasn't very memorable at all, and I don't have that one. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, I'm a bigger IGPX fan than you because I have it, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Matsuda Hongo was the uh, director chosen for the project. Now, other than being direct, uh, the director of Outlaw Star, how else do you think he stands out from all the other other directors you could have gone with? Um, eh, he has a weirdly American sensibility. Um, 
you know, I think I've told the story before, but he, he, he doesn't eat fish. He only eats like hamburgers and hot dogs. And for a Japanese man living in Tokyo, that's very unusual, like very, very unusual. And, uh, he loves racing and race cars and American car culture. Um, he's not, you know, and he's not an Americanophile or anything like that, but he definitely, um, has a side that appreciates aspects of American culture. And I think that's what really, when we met him, that's what drew us to him as we felt like he understood a part of us. You know, we certainly had an affinity for Japanese culture already. Uh, we knew that we did, uh, Sean and I, but it, it was good to meet Hongo and realize that this there's this guy he's living in Japan, but he doesn't eat fish. He likes American race cars. He likes Hooters. <laughs> you know, he he uh, he just sort of felt like one of us. Like it was just an immediate, like an immediate connection. Um, and then you know, of course, the reason we were interested in meeting him in the first place was because of Outlaw Star, but I mean, Outlaw Star is another example of like, you know, there's a lot of American sensibilities and clearly like Western elements and all the different things that are in that show that are lifted from Western culture that he clearly finds fascinating in its own way. And then he filters it through the lens of his culture. And so we just felt like what better director for this project than someone who can stand with one foot in either you know, in either culture to some degree. And we felt like we were doing the same thing. And we just felt like that would make it easier for us to work together and for him to understand certain aspects of, of, of our culture that would make us ask for certain things, like a clear villain or a romantic relationship that actually has an ending of, with a kiss and not just the usual unrequited, you know, weirdness like the things that we sort of drew a line in the sand and said we had to have, you know, he actually understood. So um, it was more about who he was as a person than necessarily his body of work, but we definitely were, the reason we even wanted to meet with him, and it, it was that lost our. Now, um, the Animatrix and Ghost in the Shell are the only big East and West collaborations that have done incredibly well. Um, yeah. Halo Legends, Mass Effect, and sadly igpx among others have not yeah. seen quite the same success now what what do you think holds uh, these collaborations back from receive, reaching a mainstream audience and uh, what lessons from igpx that if you learned if you, if you were given a chance would you apply to a new collaboration yeah i mean i would it's it's hard i i think that uh I mean, I think with Halo and Mass Effect, those are good, and, and Dead Space, too. I mean, those, those are all good, but they're not... It's like, they're good, but they're not great, in my personal opinion, and the, I think people are just surprised they're good, so they're like, wow, this is really good, and what they mean is, this doesn't totally suck, and <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's a good bar, you know, and I think to the, for Halo, Dead Space, and Mass Effect, those were side story elements, there's just another twist on, you know, a pre-existing franchise. So I think those are for hard, hard, hardcore fans of either anime or those franchises. And I think that most people who play Halo just want to play Halo and they don't give a crap about Halo comics and Halo. You know, you like that's for the next level of Halo fan, which I just don't think, I think the audience for that is ultimately somewhat limited. 
Um, and for the Animatrix, I think it was sort of, I think the reason that took off, that's just, just, I mean, aside from its high level of quality, is because it was more of an experiment and people were curious about it. And it was released at the absolute perfect time to capitalize on Matrix, the Matrix as a phenomenon. You know, the movie had, the first movie had already come out. The second movie had, I don't think, quite come out, right? And I don't think no, so. No, it hadn't been out yet. So the, yeah. So people didn't know that the Matrix was going to suck. <laughs> they thought they still thought it would all be as awesome as the first Matrix movie. So they released this thing when people were dying for more Matrix. Um, so I think it reached a wider audience than it ever would have if it had come out after the second or third Matrix. Um, I just think that movie benefited from the Matrix being such a huge worldwide cultural phenomenon that lasted for years. Um, and, and, he, and it was, and it also was really good and it was also a curiosity and it was an anthology. So, I mean, they really did everything you could possibly do to make that thing succeed in a bigger way. Um, and that's why I think that it's one of those rare successes and the same with Ghost in the Shell, but Ghost in the Shell, you know, the Matrix stole so much from Ghost in the Shell that then retroactively people went back and were interested in Ghost in the Shell when they heard that it influenced the Matrix. Like, I just think that Ghost in the Shell is its own phenomena. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would tell someone. I, I, I think, I don't know how you would do it differently from what we did that would maybe help you. I mean, the hardest part for me, the only part when I look back on IGPX, the only time I feel bad or embarrassed is when we just couldn't work out the language and make it work to my satisfaction to sound naturalistic. And to my mind, that is the biggest obstacle is, is trying to get the language to sound and feel naturalistic. Um, cause it's just really, really hard to take something that's already been animated and say what you want to say in the number of, so you almost would have to throw out anything but the general plot line of the episode and have somebody just write from scratch with just the syllables. And then maybe you could get there and have it feel organic. But that to me would be one of the only things I think you could do better than we did. Um, cause you certainly aren't going to put out, I mean, I've still, I, you know, you're not going to have a show that looks better than IGPX. I mean, you might now because everything's in HD and all that, but like generally that's That's some of the highest quality animation that uh, on TV so it's not the animation quality. I mean, you know, I don't know. And I mean, I'm certainly, I'm certain that people who didn't like IGPX would say, yeah, make it. How about a show that doesn't suck? Or <laughs> like, how about a show where, you know, a lot of the people that love the IGPX miniseries, like, oh man, you should have giant robots shooting each other. That's way cooler than racing. But like, ultimately I just don't believe that that's the thing, you know, I, you know, for, for whatever reason, uh, the idea of giant robots racing was not as exciting to everyone else as it was to us and a small other group of viewers. I mean, you know, look, the ratings it did were actually pretty good. It just wasn't good enough to justify where it was when, you know, Tsunami was doing pretty well at that time. Well, I would, you know, if we had the ratings now that IGPX had back in the day uh, on Tsunami now, it would be our, like, biggest show, you know, like, <laughs> so it certainly... <laughs> It certainly was not a flop. Um, in fact, it did okay. It just wasn't... Sometimes okay isn't good enough, depending on the pressure that's going on on the network side at that time and depending on 
what other shows are waiting in the wings and what deals you have going. I mean, there's a billion factors involved, but sometimes pretty good isn't good enough. That's the reason a lot of shows that people objectively, that's why I always say reading the ratings and going by ratings alone is just you're missing a huge part of the story. There are plenty of shows that rate, who were, whose ratings aren't that bad who get canceled for all kinds of other reasons. You know, how much the show costs versus how much they're making from ad revenue. There's any number of complex reasons shows get canceled and ratings are not the sole driver. So... Um, not to say that IGTX was not a quote-unquote failure because, you know, ratings-wise, it certainly did not justify itself staying on Tsunami until the end of its run. But um, I don't know what you could have done better other than the writing thing. Um, I think we cast great actors. I think we had great music. I think we had a beautiful-looking show. So either I would say don't make it about giant racing robots or <laughs> find better writers than me. <laughs> which I, you know, I'm certain either of those could probably be easy to fix. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this about IGPX, but I would say this about Halo Legends and, uh, and, uh, and, and Mass Effect. Uh, th- the production IG that worked on the Mass Effect movie is not the production IG that worked on Ghost and Shell. I don't know who directed Mass Effect. And with something like Animatrix, they had the best directors they could get. Like they had Shinichiro Wata- sure. Watanabe, you know. Uh, sure. They had uh, Maharo Meida, like all these people who have worked on like Cowboy Bebop and Blue Sub yeah. 6 and all these awesome, amazing things. And then, you know, I think IGPX also had that pedigree as well with Hongo. But with Mass Effect, I, I, I feel like production IG just didn't care enough, maybe. And, and didn't, I don't know. Didn't... I mean, I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't seen it. I only, I've only read reviews of that because I, I mean, I am a Mass Effect fan, but I honestly don't usually buy the side story stuff and you know like i checked out the dead space anime i mean it's pretty rare that i'll i'm not i'm not i'm usually i'm i'm usually somewhat skeptical of 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 those even if i shouldn't be it's just sort of my nature so um right and i and i was too of mass effect and to be fair it's pretty good like i i reviewed it and it's it's a genuinely fine movie and and the ending is great but part of me is just like it's it doesn't it, it feels so generic at times and it's just like man if only like if only this director had directed the whole movie like the ending it would have been amazing right. or if this or if we had gotten you know Mamoru Oshii or somebody who, right. who knows how to direct this kind of stuff well a lot of that just depends on the company who's commissioning the work too i mean that that might that you can offer that kind of thing but maybe the you know the people who are bringing you the work don't want you messing with their IP that much. They want you to firmly play by some established rules, you know. And certainly one thing with the Animatrix, I know for a fact from knowing the people who worked on it is that, you know, the the Wachowskis told them, do whatever you want. They didn't tell them, you have to do this, it has to be this, it has to go around, revolve around this storyline. They literally said, we love your work, do whatever you want within our universe. So, I mean, that's the only way to do it. And that's not often the way it's done. Now, um, with IGPX having a second chance on Toonami, uh, do you think it has a better chance this time doing well in the ratings? Obviously, it's a different time slot, but... Mm. I mean, I have no idea, I'll tell you the truth. We, We have no idea. All we know is, here's a show, it's sitting on the shelf, we don't have to pay for it, we can put it on TV and not rerun 
something else and give people half an hour less bebop or less, you know, whatever, so that they don't have to see, you know, that we're just trying to get more stuff into the six hours so that we have a six-hour tapestry of shows with a lot of differences that are all, you know, we, we just want to keep momentum going. And we obviously believe in IGPX and want it to have another chance, but uh, I can't even begin to prognosticate how it will do. I hope it will do well, and I certainly think it's in a fairly low-risk time slot. It's We didn't want it to air too late, but we certainly couldn't justify it airing earlier than where it's going to. So... We put it up as early as we could that made sense. Um, you know, and if it does gangbusters, it could move. You know, there's always adjustments. But my hope is it does as well as everything else that's been in that slot, if not a little better. Um, that's my hope. We'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, if it, if it does really poorly, we'll, we'll push it later like we've done before with other shows. Um, but I think... I, I have a good feeling because I know that over the years, many people have reached out to me about the show and I know that, and, you know, I'm sure that's a small minority of people, but those people, people like yourself have thankfully talked to their friends about it. And, you know, hopefully, um, a lot of people will tune in and check it out and hopefully they won't be put off by how clunky the first couple episodes are. So we really get in our groove. And they'll stick with it. And, you know, I mean, I really feel excited about the show in season two is where I, you know, I personally am not really, really happy with the show until we're sort of towards the end of season one is where I feel like we really got in our groove. And most of season two, I feel, is really solid. So um, I just hope people give it enough of a shot like I do with any show. I mean, that's what we always say and people people watch one episode of a show and go, I don't like it. And I just think with most anime, um, you can't just judge it by one. You have to like follow the story a little while and see where it goes before you know if you're in the hands of people who know how to tell a story or not. You know, I I can't tell you how many people hit us up about uh, Erica 7 and just, you know, complaining about the show. And now a lot of those same people have hit us back up and said, you know, we, sorry, I got to tell you, I was wrong. I thought this show was really boring and lame, and now it, now that I've stuck with it, it's amazing. You know, so it's just, I hope people are patient enough to let it reveal itself, but I have no clue how it's going to do. So I'm just as, you know, nervous as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of seeing, like, how the ratings have gone since you guys put, um, for example, you put Thundercats down little bit closer to uh naruto and bleach i mean i know you guys were really surprised that it actually went over a million a couple times so yep um you know so we're just hoping we're putting igpx on we're making it look as good as it can not being an hd show um and we're hoping people enjoy it and the fact that it feels different and you know certainly some people are already mad that we're putting a quote-unquote kids show on, but I, I'm not worried about those people because those, you know, with the Thundercats and Symbionic, they've done very well for us, and those were shows that were not designed for Adult Swim either, so um, that's that's something we actually aren't too worried about. To, to, to be honest, I mean, it, not having Toonami's original show on is kind of stupid, to be honest with you. I mean, it... Well, Certainly, it was our. Certainly, that was our argument. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, if people complain about that, then 
they're I, I, I don't know where their thinking is. Well, I mean, you know, people will come, I've discovered certainly over the years that people will complain about anything. So we just we try <laughs> to we try to stay positive and focus on you know, the people that are excited and there's a whole bunch of people that have let us know that they're excited about it and very, very few people have actually given us negative feedback. So we're 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 hopeful. Um, and to those of you that would send in negative feedback, please watch the show anyways. <laughs> just, watch <it. laughs> just hate watch it. Just hate watch it. Yeah. Just, that's... Live, just live tweet, live tweet how much you hate it. That's fine. That's what I do. Just watch it. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care if you, I, you know, you can go ahead and talk all the trash you want. There's nothing you would say about that show that's negative that I haven't already thought. Uh, I've, I've already been there. So please. Well, this is tweet it. Just watch it. <laughs> IGPX is kind of like Jose's Thundercats in my case because, like, you know, I he tweets. He'll tweet sometimes. He'll be like, "What the hell is going on in this new Thundercats?" And then other times he's like, "This was actually a good episode." I'm like, yeah. "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm gonna probably get a taste of his medicine. Um. Anyways. But yeah, go watch that show because it's amazing and awesome, and I can't wait for it to come back on the air. Even though I have the DVDs, both versions. Oh God. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sorry. I said moving on. <laughs> oh. Um, trying to think real quick. Uh, you said something. The show is not going to be in HD, which is a real sad. But the show yeah. was produced in HD. Yes. It was, but um, and we, we tried to get the original masters in HD years ago and I can't remember why there's a whole bunch of reasons but it's not something they can do it's too much of an expenditure and I mean especially now with Bandai Bandai I think had them and now Bandai's not even around at least the Bandai we dealt with so it's just like at a certain point we had to just like let it go um, it wasn't something we wanted to do but um, uh, can I fly over to Japan and get them for you uh, <laughs> Oh, if you can God. find out where they are. If you can find the person who even knows oh. where they are, I will. Uh, they're in the. They're in that <laughs> warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll that's find pretty it. much. The, that's pretty much what I've gathered. So, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, because the thing I would love to do is re-edit the show using the old EDLs if you still have them, uh, and edit the uncut version of those HD tapes into the new Toonami version using the same audio and whatnot. That's a. That's a pet project of mine I've been thinking about doing. Using the old uh, uncut DVDs with the anamorphic masters. Right. Somebody should. We can't. (laughs) It's a job for me. No. Um, (laughs) One day. The ultimate ultimate IGPX fan, yes. Yes, I'll do it. (laughs) Um, But anyways, before I nerd rage anymore about how much I want to do stuff... (laughs) uh, I think this is our last question. What what should fans know about the show before diving in, and any thought, any final thoughts about the legacy of the show? Um, what should fans know? Um, that it's awesome, but <laughs> they should know that uh, it is not uh, a typical anime uh, because it's a co-production. It's got it's got. Um, I would say it's got a, a very different sort of approach to story. They should definitely know it's fundamentally a sports anime. That's definitely what they need to know. Not It is not an action anime as much as it's a sports anime. There's certainly tons of action, 
but I think if you were to say what shows IGPX like, I would think of shows like Captain Tsubasa, um, you know, shows like Slam Dunk. It's a lot about sports, and it's a lot about the it's a lot about the idea of teamwork and the idea of learning to be a part of a larger group and learning to be learning to be about more than yourself and the virtues of, and I'm not even a sports guy, by the way, just so everyone's clear. I'm not a sports guy. Uh, I pretty much am into everything else, but I'm not really into sports, but I still appreciate the values of sports. You know, their, their, their core values, the values of teamwork and selflessness and human achievement and trying to be, the best you can possibly be in the actual moment where you watch athletes at the highest levels where they're, they're, they've reached a place that's almost otherworldly. They're so good at one thing. The idea of honing yourself until, you know, it's very zen, you know, until there's really less of yourself and you're just what you, you're just what you're doing at that moment. That I think is, is interesting to me. And that's the kind of thing we explore in the show. We explore, Takashi in particular grappling with his ego and learning how to learning how to persevere through you know all kinds of issues but really learning how to get out of his own way and become a great athlete and that's what core of the show is about so um, people will either love that or hate it but it's definitely not your normal action cartoon where the guy is waiting to charge up his special attack and then destroy half of a town, which is also, by the way, totally awesome and I'm totally into. This is a different kind of smaller idea, um, but just with giant robots. And giant, uh, Chicks did love giant robots, so we're okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. And there's still tons of ass kicking. It's got something for everyone. And, um, well, that's what the fans should know, but any, any th- final thoughts about the, uh, the legacy of the show itself or, you know? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I wish I could say something, but I don't know that the show has a legacy. I mean, it got you know, it 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 barely made it off the air. <laughs> it barely made it back. I think the I think the only legacy of the show is that um, you know, it's 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 a true co-production, and probably the last time you'll see something like that, unless things really turn around from the direction they've been going. So enjoy a little time capsule of, you know, before the whole world took a big economic downturn and when people like us could just make cool shit with their friends from across the world. And hopefully that time will come back around. All right. And uh, our last question is, where's DBZ? Uh, we're totally joking. No, no, no. we're not going to get into that. We, we, it's just that we've had you on the air about three times now, and we've asked that question every time. So it'd be weird if I didn't ask it. No, I understand, and I'm still. No, not we're just going to ask you. We're just going to ask you 50 <laughs> questions off the air. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, the, um, but literally, thank you for coming back on the show. Uh, we interviewed you, like I said, a month ago. So thanks for coming back so sure. soon. It means a lot. This one was really like it meant a lot to me personally because I am such a big fan of the show that you came on. Um, and I, no, I thank, hope, you, thank you. I hope the audience I mean, I, appreciates it. Oh, and by the yeah, way, I'm the happy, one person I'm always happy to talk about. It. Sorry about that. Um, okay. For the one person that complained to us about why haven't you talked about IGPX yet? Um, this is why. 
Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we've avoided talking about it a lot on the air. We're like, all right, well, we're going to do a whole episode dedicated to it. Oh, so like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I really appreciate it, and I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to always, always happy to talk about IGTX, and I'm just thankful that anyone still cares, and uh, thank you guys for having me on and doing this, because... You know, hopefully some people will listen to it that might be on the fence and they'll give the show a shot, which is really all we ask. Um, and, we're, you know, we're fingers crossed. We're up in the as well. We hope next week uh, is a big week for us. So, April 27th, 2 a.m., watch it. <laughs> Free plug. Get Mountain Dew. <laughs> and uh, I will pass it back to the podcast. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Jason, for coming on the show. And uh, I guess we're just going to go ahead and uh, sign off. Uh, unless we've got some things to talk about before we go. I do. Uh, we do have to talk about Jim being... Hello, Jim, you can talk. Yes. Um, okay, so it has been done. I have officially been named as press for Anime Boston 2013. So, yay! yay! Uh, I won't be joining you. <laughs> Nobody Sadly. will be. I'll be flying solo at this convention. But I could, um, come, I could come close to. Bo- I could come to Boston if I wanted to. But uh. maybe, maybe. Wow, way to be a supportive guy. Like I could, if I wanted to. But no, <laughs> Boston. No, I'm way too busy. I'm way too busy. But anyway, the um, the plan is to get as many interviews as possible. Now, unlike Jose, I don't have anything fancy regarding. Um, you know, regarding video cameras or anything like that, uh, unless you want to count, count my laptop cam, which would be incredibly shitty to use. So I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna use that. Instead, it's gonna be all audio interviews. And shut up, Paul. And uh, <laughs> I heard you laughing in the background. You piece of shit. What are you talking about? I would never laugh at you. Now uh, about these audio interviews, uh, we don't know if we're actually gonna put them in the podcast or they're gonna be their separate mm-hmm. own thing. And it also kind of depends on the audio quality on some of these, because mm-hmm. if they don't sound good, we might just transcribe them instead and, yes. uh, you know, print the interview out so you guys can hear them or read them. Exactly. So um, the so the folks I'm going to try and get are uh, the Ayers brothers. I got to get the I want to get them together, if at all possible. Uh, I think having that uh, group dynamic would actually be really good. Um also, I'd like to get Kari Walgren, Stephanie Shea. I'd like to get um, Jeremy Lay and Bryce Papenbrook together to talk <clears throat> to talk about Sword Art Online together because they're um, Kirito and Asuna. And um, it's an extreme outside shot, but I would love, 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 love to get Shinichi Watanabe on the um, on it as well. So, director um, of Tenchi Muyo GXP. Could you and please also, give me his autograph, Jim? And also director of Excel Saga, a far funnier show. Yes. 
I feel so, like Tenchi Mui GXP is that show he just didn't try on. <laughs> Supposedly, why do you talk about Tenchi like this, man? In front of me. Supposedly, the entire show got retconned, and Nabeshin has since disowned it. So, really, I don't know. I I don't know how true that is, but according to a tweet I got last night, um, supposedly Nabeshin has buried it. So, wow. Yeah. And Nabeshin, so, I mean, I love the dude. He's a funny guy, and he does oh, he's some hilarious. really funny stuff. But you know, wow. I, I, mean, I would, every, I, would ne- I could never see him disowning a show. Every director has their misfires. Yeah. Rob Reiner had North. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh man, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> By the way, oh, not to God. be confused with Shinichiro Watanabe. No, totally like, different people. It- I could not get, I don't know if I could ever get Shinichiro Watanabe, but Shinichi Watanabe is the guy with the afro and the Lupin III's um, red jacket and the really, uh, and, you know, he makes a lot of really, really funny stuff. So. Carry my Daikon, brothers. Exactly, which I also have. Touch my Daikon! <laughs> so, but yes, that's yeah. what I'm going to try and do. Um, I'm, uh, of course, I'll have a lot of pictures of cosplay and all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, you know, all in all, I'm going to, you know, have as good a time as possible with this. But the focus is getting the interviews out there for you guys and trying to get them uh, in as nice, uh, you know, try to get them as, you know, nice as possible. And I'd like to make them, you know, extras and, you know, all sorts of good stuff, you know, for you guys. So that's uh, that's the plan. Hopefully it follows through. And hopefully that, you know, I can still, I still have time to enjoy the rest of the convention as well, which would be really, really nice. Um, and next week, uh, we're going to be back to regular show. It's going to be uh, just a pretty fun regular show, I think. We're going to talk the new look. We're going to talk IGPX. We're going to talk whatever. But really, I think it's going to be primarily the new look. Uh, the Tom 5, the Absolution, the Bumps, the Bumpers, yeah. the Bump Knots. Um, you know, whatever. We're going to talk about it And more bitching all. about the rails drinking. And, um, and more bitching about GXP, but also rejoicing about the fact that it's almost over. Yep. <laughs> and uh, special guest, Jason DeMarco. He's going to be our guest for the next six months. He's going to come <laughs> on the show every week. <laughs> we will never not have Jason DeMarco on this show. You know, At first, we could never get him, but now we can't get him to stop coming on the show. Hey, hey Jose. We can't get rid of him now. No. You you realize he has your phone number too, right? I know, of course. I'm glad he does. <laughs> that would be funny. He calls you. I'm going to kill you. No, well, actually, I do. I do hope he actually calls me to um to tell me about the beginning of the show. We'd also like to thank Steve Bloom for donating his time to the podcast and getting uh, us a new clean intro. Uh, he add he did this uh, out of the kindness of his heart, but we also donated a hundred dollars to his charity uh, for Jerry Gelb. If you want to donate and get your own little voiceover, just like we did, please donate $100 to Jerry Gelb. You can find the URL at tinyurl.com slash J-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B. That's tinyurl.com slash Jerry Gelb. He needs the surgery, guys, so donate whatever you can, even if it's not to get the voiceover thingy, but donate whatever you can and uh, help jerry galbao he's very well uh, respected in the industry and a voice actor who desperately needs your help so please do whatever you can and uh thank you and we will and by the way we will get back to doing the uh, tsunami talk back and 
the Tumblr questions. It's a lot of Tumblr questions, but because we've been busy with MomoCon and everything else, we haven't been able to answer some of those. So uh, hopefully we'll talk about you. those. Yeah, we'll talk about those next week. We'll, we'll get we'll get some more in. Um, we definitely want to hear about, hear from you guys after you watch next week's Toonami. We want to hear from you guys what you think of the new look, what you think of the new Absolution, the new Tom. You know, just let us know. Tell us. Hashtag, hashtag Toonami Talkback. And you can also do it on the Tumblr as well. Just let us know. We'll read them and, you know, we'll go from there. But please be respectful about your stuff too because we won't read it if it's just crappy. I will. Hey, you know they will send me after you. You know I'll get y'all ass. <laughs> if you want to be as disrespectful as possible to me, I'll read it on the air. Feel free. And then Darrell will cuss you out. I'm kidding. I would never read it on the air. So that, then it just hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I have enough say. emails. Yes, you do. Yes, it's you so do. funny because I never get. I mean, I say so much messed up shit on this podcast, and no one ever emails because me. Because I, I say one bad thing about Bleach, like Bleach is not my show, and I'll get thousands of emails about it. I'm like, come on, why you know like Bleach? Like Bleach. And no, they're I'm starting to show up on my Tumblr too. I wrote a pretty long paragraph, or actually essay, explaining why I don't like Bleach and why that's okay, and stop bitching about it. You know, to your credit, I uh, have to say, more and I just say this same question. <laughs> I just say this so many times. I will give you credit because you watched the first forty episodes before you wrote it off. So watching. people, get the fuck off Jose's back. And he, every once in a while, if an episode actually is good to him, he does tweet out that it's actually good. Yeah, I'll point so it, I'll point it out. Boy. I just haven't seen one since. Uh, <laughs> you've you been in my moonshine because you forgot. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's the one last night. No, no, definitely not that hey, one. Hey, Terrell, is is the red dot on uh, his forehead right now? Uh, yeah, it pretty much is. You know, uh, he's gonna be talking to. Wait, <laughs> shut up! Give me a minute. Um, there was. The, know, he's uh, he's the, gonna the, be talking. He's gonna be talking like this. Nah, nah, nah. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, the one. Oh, okay. I, I I got it. I got it. The one where um, where uh, oh, sh- the fuck is his name? Um, stabby glasses. No, not stabby glasses. Uh, the, <laughs> stabby glasses wasn't in this episode. I think this was a um, it's the one where Minatsky curses a lot. I love that episode. Oh, that's Dead Man Wonderland. Um, Christ. Um, um, the one where Spike dies. No, that's Real Folk Blues. Um, Bleach. Bleach. Part two. Part two. Bleach. Uh. Oh, uh, the whole thing. Rosebud was a slate. No, that's Citizen Kane. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, All right. I, I don't All right. I, I think it's time to get out of here. Wait, <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, it, it's the one where Utena gets the... Ro- oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the one where... Um, so dude, much. it's the one where Goku goes Super Saiyan for the first time. Wait. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, people, but Jose actually been drinking with me tonight. <laughs> I am actually stone cold sober. <laughs> you just oh, really want me to be drunk. No, you know why I'm stone cold sober too? Why? Because I'm I'm actually uh, building a uh, a model of Wing Zero custom, uh, <clears throat> and I'm almost done with the guy. He's uh, he's coming together quite nicely. You must let us. Uh, he has to tweet this picture out when yes. it's finished. He must let us know. Have you guys yep. seen the progress I've made on it? I've already tweeted out a little picture of it. Yeah, I saw one picture, but uh, I didn't um, see everything else though. Yeah, there's one where he's all standing up on top of the box. It's pretty cool. But yeah, anyways, 
Time to sign off. <laughs> um, I guess, Jim, you first. Okay. You can follow me at ZeroAlucard27 on Twitter. Um, also, one quick thing. I don't know if you want to splice this into my uh, thing about it. Um, I'm going to try and go to the industry panels as well on uh, at Anime Boston. As press, I believe I get preferred seating, so teehee. Um, um, I'm, I'm pretty lazy, sure. so I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, as press, I get preferred seating, so I will be able to get... Um, I'll try to sit in on the industry panels. As a matter of fact, I'll see if I can make a point to... Usually Funimation... Crunchyroll, Sentai Filmworks, sometimes Sentai, we don't know. Uh, also, I think Aniplex will be there as well. And so, you need um, to give me their business card. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, I'll Please. say that, hey, I'm from the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, bitch, you better pay what you owe. Um, <laughs> I oh God. Please don't but, say uh, that to them. <laughs> I know. I w- I'm, you know. You guys know me, I'm good. Um... No, I don't. But yeah, Jim, you're a stranger from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, totally kidding. We know you. Exactly. Um, just, but yeah, I'll use him for his voice. <laughs> but um, yeah, at, at those panels. Sorry to take so long with this, but um, at those panels, I will uh, live tweet as best I can for it. And uh, yeah, that and uh, you know that's the other plan that I have for um, Anime Boston. So cool. I don't know. Cool. I don't know how much to <laughs> another Toho panel. <laughs> but yeah, so now to business. Um, as I said before, you can follow me at ZeroAlucard27 on Twitter. Also, I have an email address now, um, JimNelson at TunamiFaithful.com. J-I-M-N-E-L-S-O-N at TunamiFaithful.com. Feel free to send me your messages, your love mail, your hate mail, but mostly fawn over my voice because I all know that you guys love it. Uh, everybody. Especially me. Yes, exactly. Paul's my biggest fan. Yep. I cream my pants every time I hear it. But anyways, Terrell? Yeah, you can follow me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com or you can email me all the hate mail that you're supposed to send Jose at derailmaddox at tunamifaithful.com Um, hi everybody. My name is Jose Argumetto. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Hi, Jose. Hi, Jose. Um, I know. <laughs> Anyways, you all can follow me at J-E-A-R-G-U-M-E-D-O at Twitter.com. Um, you can also find me on Tumblr if you want to tumble with me. And one of my pictures got reblogged by the Toonami crew, so yay. I'm really excited about that. It was the Wing Zero one, wasn't it? No, it was uh, it was an IGPX. It was IGPX art I found. Oh, cool. Um, Why so just special? I am fucking special. Leave me alone. Special <laughs> it. Yeah, I am. <laughs> my name's not Ed, though. I don't get it. Anyways, um, <laughs> you can find my Tumblr at j-e-a-r-g-u-m-e-d-o.tumblr.com. Uh, feel free to send me stuff, and I'll maybe reblog it, or I probably won't, because I hate you. Um, and uh, send me emails, because I say such nice things about you, like saying that I hate you, like, five seconds ago. <laughs> at j-e-a-r-g-u-m-e-d-o at tunamifaithful.com. Please feel free to bitch about how this podcast is not better than when I was cutting it on Final Cut. It's actually worse than when I'm cutting it on Final Cut. Go back to Final Cut. Stop using Pro Tools. Five people like we ain't doing no damn podcast. And, uh, and, f- and five people who can tell the difference in audio quality between Final Cut and Pro Tools. <laughs> you included, so that means four people. Assholes. Um, that listen to this show at least, so who knows.
Uh, and I guess I'm trying to think if there's any. Oh, I'm on the site too uh, under the username J E A R G U M E D O. You might notice a pattern. I use my name for everything. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, please stop calling me Jer. Uh, <laughs> it's not my name. People in the chat and on the forums. My name is Jose. Please don't call me Jer. <laughs> Alright, so I'll just cuss you out in the chat room if we're getting it wrong. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. My last name is spelled P-E-S-C-R-I-L-O-O. You can also find me at Toonami News. Shut the f*** up, Darrell. I'm trying to speak. Um, and you can also find me on the website as the username tfadmin. No um, I would I would give you I would give you my email, but apparently Daniel doesn't know how to give me a name with an email. So, isn't your email anyway, like tfadmin at tunamifaithful dot com or tunami news at tunami faithful dot com? Okay, so tunami news at tunami faithful dot com. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, email him and bitch to him, so he can feel kind of special. No, I like it when they bitch at Jose because then I don't have to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because it's always podcast stuff, so I I don't know. I just always get the complaints. But I love all of them. Keep sending them. I actually do appreciate all the feedback, guys. It helps a lot. <laughs> all right, so I guess we're out, guys. Peace. Deuces!
Nice guy, but when it comes to winning, heart is cooler. Cybernetic emotions like my brain was fused with Lucas. With Ramsey on my squad, my game's constantly getting tuned up. I'm trying to be a champion, so I got no time for true love. Immortal. My team is so on, we hit the track, we blow balls, we glance back, say so long. Youth with all hope, gone, this race all we have, so your team's about to get so